What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We read off some hot takes, so you see it on the stories a lot on Two White Lights. We do our hot takes. We respond to them. Well, this is the first time we're doing it on a podcast, so we read some hot takes, some of our favorite ones, and we debate them, talk about them, discuss them, create some discourse. We open up the episode by talking about USAPL Korea. Ashton Ruska and Keenan Lee had themselves a really good battle, an unexpected battle, and we give our thoughts on that. But just a fun, fantastic, classic episode of Two White Lights, and you get to enjoy date night with Steve DeNovi and I. Also, make sure you are subscribing to Two White Lights on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and a review. Go on Spotify, leave a five-star rating there as well, and also go to twowhitelights.com, subscribe there, and actually check out the website because we now have a shop section. That's right. We are finally dropping the merch. We have our uh, original logo and off-the-top rope tee available to purchase. We also have some tumblers. I'm drinking out of one right now. It's a fantastic tumbler. It's beautiful. It's clean. It's got our off-the-top rope logo on it. I mean, it. I'm just looking at it right now. It's so pretty. It looks so fantastic. I love it. Go on 2 and get yourself some merchandise. We're going to have more drops and more merchandise coming very, very soon. And without further ado, here it is, 2 White Lights. Oh, baby, I like it, boy. Yeah, baby, I like it, boy. And as promised, we are here with a little bit of a date night, getting back to the classics. With Steve Denovi, how are you, man? I'm doing good. It's a special date night. We've never done a, a, a hot and heavy one like this. Yeah, it's really hot and heavy. It's going to be hot and heavy takes. Hot takes. So, yeah. the, I mean, I want to say that Two White Lights made hot takes famous. I'm just going to say that right now. We made hot takes what they are. No one has ever done it before us. Yeah. Honestly, ESPN should be giving us a commission anytime they mm -hmm. pull up hot takes. Cease and desist. We are going to cease and desist uh, ESPN for this. Um, but we do it on our Instagram stories quite a bit. I respond to all of them. You don't because you don't have access to the Instagram account. So it's really just me. So if you disagree on anything that's a hot take from my end, you can't say anything. So it's just always my opinion out there. But um, actually getting a little debate or sometimes Solana said it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I will. So all my all the spoken opinions that I have on the two white lights hot takes, Solana said, in spite of my face and voice being used. Solana did it. Correct. So, this, yeah. and especially if it's typed. I, I, I actually now realize when I type things on the hot takes and two white lights, I sound like a way bigger asshole than if I talk. I remember getting a lot of heat for me not responding video wise on Instagram or on two white lights, uh, Instagram page for the hot takes and me typing shit out. And I got a shit ton of hateful DMS. 
Well, it's because whenever you type, you t you do like two to three letter sentences, and then that's it. Versus when you you do the videos, you at least get full sentences, so you don't sound as as uh, pretentious. Pretentious, condescending were the the two words, and I just flat out I think prick and asshole were used to. Um, I, I also you could convey tone when you speak, but before we get into that, um. USAPL Korea had itself a meet over this past weekend, and Ashton Rusko was going over there. We knew that going in, and it turned out to be an unexpected battle of first place with Keenan Lee. And this might be a surprise to a lot of people, and it was a surprise to me. I'm like, where the fuck did this guy come from? But then I remember Joe coached him at a point. Joe Santa coached him, and I remember him like, oh, mm -hmm. this, guy's, this guy's a beast. I actually do recall who he is now. I just had no idea what was going on with his life. Yeah. I immediately remembered who that was because he was, he was on a trajectory to be, to be one of the best one Oh fives in the USAPL. I think like 2019, maybe into 20 a little bit. I don't know when it happened. And then he just kind of disappeared. So the bigger surprise, I was like, I didn't know he existed like, or still power lifted. Um, I guess he moved to Korea and is like a teacher over there. Um, obviously, he doesn't care about Instagram clout because he never really posts. He never really posted back then either. Well, it was mainly Joe that would like post his total up sometimes. But yeah. I mean, clearly yeah, he doesn't care I mean, about the clout. He's just some random Korean guy. Mm-hmm. Just some random Korean. That's perfect. You got that huge Asian guy and you got that random Korean guy. I like this one more. Not personally. Well, actually, I'm going to edit that out because that just sounds mean. Actually, I'm keeping it in. Um, I like the handle more. I like the handle more. Uh, I never met Keenan. Um, but that handle is in the Instagram powerlifting power rankings. That Instagram handle is like up in the top three now. Up there with McDouble Thicks. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. And I think that the big question is he going to be allowed if he wants to? To compete at Raw Nationals and do like the Pro Series. Because here, here's the thing, is he is an American citizen. Mm -hmm. As of right now, the USAPL has created zero way for international lifters to compete in our Pro Series. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, we all wanted Rondell to do it. There's no way for him to do it. Um, I don't know the stipulation with Keenan, even if he was interested. Maybe he's not interested at all. But like, I, I don't know what that would be. I, I think... Since he lives in Korea and he's a USAPL Korea member, he would not be able to come over and compete in our nationals, which is kind of what Ashton was kind of entailing. Like, can we have this three-way epic battle of Bob versus Keenan versus Ashton? And I don't know if we can. I don't think he can actually compete over here since the USAPL, I'm going to reiterate it again, and maybe I'll say it six more times, has continued to present no way for international lifters to be able to compete over here, even though maybe someone actually submitted a proposal that got ignored. I, I don't know. Do you, do you know anyone that submitted a proposal that got ignored? Um, I heard of him. He's apparently handsome and tall. So I don't know. I didn't didn't give me a yeah, name. I, I heard this. Didn't give me a name. I heard the same. Hurry at it. Yeah. Super hot wife. Yeah. Super hot wife. And I'm afraid to agree with that. I don't want to get in trouble. But, <laughs> but uh, your, your girlfriend says. Your girlfriend says that this person's wife is beautiful, so you can just okay. repeat what Elise says. Yeah, that sounds weirder in my opinion, but my girlfriend, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it would sound weirder. Um, well, because Elise all the time tells me that Cheris is out of my league. 
<laughs> and I'm not disagreeing, but at least likes to let me know that. Yeah, that's <laughs> like on uh, multiple occasions. That's that sounds about right. Um, I mean, it, hell, you're bet. Yeah, you're you're bet you're batting above your uh, your batting average here, or your your batting order. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> figure it out. That's kind of the thing to the USAPL. Figure it out because you have an international expansion. You did that. It was um, a goal. I thought that was going to be pursued a little bit later, but here it is. You have meets. Figure out how you can involve these international lifters into national meets and become something similar to a professional organization. I think when we talked to Larry initially, or at least when I did, the idea for me was international lifters just compete under the USAPL banner. That's, That's all they do, just like how you compete in the UFC. If you are from a different country, um, if you're from Korea, you can compete at nationals. You can compete, compete at the Virginia pro you're eligible for the pro series. The only, the only thing that I know is difficult is drug testing. The drug testing aspect with people out of country will be difficult to, with the out of meat stuff. So that's the only thing, but I, we have to, we have to solve that problem because yeah. This could be something we're, we're, we're getting shit on with a lot of people as far as the international expansion is like, you know, kind of failing, not doing well. This is to kind of save fate. You want to come in the USAPL? Just be in our federation, no matter what country you're from. As well as we might, well, I'm mean, not going to say a lot of people. We could possibly lose Rondell. Like he's been the poster child of like international lifters possibly coming to the USAPL and he did, but we could lose him. If somehow he gets picked for Sheffield, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean that's the, it, like, the international because, poll is doing IPF representing your country. That's yeah. a poll outside of America. In America, there's a lot of other and polls because USAPL's given him no route to be able to actually compete against anyone. So if if he was to get a Sheffield invite, of course he should do it because he has no other way to compete against other good people because USAPL hasn't. Give it an outlet. That would be really confusing, though, I, right? That would be so. It's still, this, I mean, going back to two podcasts ago, the the country that hasn't been eligible in IPF for about four years, <laughs> one of their lifters just get a Sheffield invite. Well, I wondered if he could. Uh, I don't know because, like, we talked about it on other podcasts when we talk about like the USVI stuff. Lifters in Europe just switch countries all the time. Like, couldn't Rondell feasibly just? reclassify as powerlifting America if they accepted them? And I'm sure they would. Well, now you think that powerlifting they, now America that is going to turn it. that down? Yeah, now that we said it, they're probably going to, oh, the the gears are starting to turn. <laughs> they will, they will, they will, they will inquire about that because it's one thing they are trying to do is grow and get just the best lifters. I don't know so much about, you know, your average lifter, your average local meat enjoyer, but they do try to get the higher level ones. So, yeah, it was exciting, though, to see. I wasn't expecting anything aside from an Ash blowout win, and you have someone who's just killing it. Uh, might make him the strongest teacher now. Upsets me just a little bit. I thought I had that title pretty much wrapped up. <sighs> Didn't know there was strong teachers internationally. So, um, excited to see what happens there. Want to get that integrated with the Pro Series uh, as far as international lifters go. Um, all right. We got hot takes, though. I'm actually really excited for this. I was thinking about this all day, how giddy I am, because, one, I love the hot takes. I love, I mean, I love even their horrible takes. 
because it just it's amusing to me. It's like, okay, this is the general thought of powerlifting. Um, and apparently there is some confusion on how, what hot takes are. I was under on the impression a hot take is something that has an element of truth to it, but is a little bit controversial. Yeah. But then cold like it's, it's a but cold takes apparently are something that's not hot. Like it's super obvious. But I thought it was just a wrong take. I call things cold takes when they're just incorrect. No, cold take is obvious. Like, yeah, duh, that's that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like you're not saying anything that's disagreeable. So yeah, I remember getting into argument about that stuff. I'm like, we are arguing something that is does not have a clear definition. This is a very <laughs> subjective thing. What is a cold take and hot take? And I was remember going through it with people, but I was like, if I disagree with the take, I'm calling it a cold take. It can't be hot. I think like, that's still fine. Yeah. That still makes See? sense. Yeah. All right. So good. We're we're on. We're at least we're on the same page there because a lot of people were. Uh, I think I did a poll once for that, but I have one to start off. From our man Delco Jesus. I don't know if I'm going to read off all the handles, but it's my left floor bros teammate. He actually had to DM me this because the issue with uh, doing the story posts is that they don't fit all the characters in there. Tested USAPL lifters believe that they are better side and the reason for the sports growth, yet it's the untested lifters get the mainstream coverage go viral more often, i.e. Tamara, Griggs, Hack, and Maddox. All right. So I'm going to ask you, who is more marketable? Tested lifters or untested lifters? Because I see what he's saying there, but I still disagree with it. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. You're using like Tamara Walcott as you're going mainstream. Mm-hmm. Does getting reposted on SportsCenter mean you went mainstream? Getting on Ellen does. The, but... Using- is Tamara Walcott mainstream or is Russ Orhe mainstream? I that all right. That's a better go question. To, go to, that's a better. I question. can go to any gym. I can go to any gym supplement store, and I do this all the time because people are like, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" I'm a powerlifting coach, and I, I describe it, and then I'll, I'll sometimes bring up Russ and like, "Do you know who Russ Swole is?" Because like, oh yeah, I know who he is. That'll be like the one connection I can get them to understanding. Like I coach USAPL lifters at like a high level that compete against Russ Orhi. Um, and that kind of gets them to understand like the magnitude of like what I do. Um, he, he is, he is the singular person in powerlifting that I can mention to pretty much anyone in fitness. And they tend to know who he is. Yeah, I agree. But that's one person. Because yeah, we, all, I think we. This is what happens often. We always go back to Russ. It's I do. I mean, this Ray Williams. Like, do you know Russ? Go. Ray. Okay. I think Daniela and Amanda are pretty mainstream within general fitness. I don't to talk. To, I don't talk to enough females to know that. I don't either, but they're both sponsored by Buff Money, mm-hmm. or at least I think they still are. That right there makes them mainstream in fitness, being sponsored by Buff Money, which. It, arguably is one of the biggest female fitness brands there is. It's the interesting conversation. Yeah, this is what I mean. When I saw this, I'm like, actually, this take has some layers to it because I he mentioned Hack and Griggs. I'm like, they get reposted a lot, but they don't go viral a ton, say, to the same capacity as Nabil. Nabil goes viral way yeah. more than those guys. He, he does. I've seen him get po- – he's gotten reposted on SportsCenter's Instagram page. Um, TikTok is a medium that I am not familiar with at all, but I know Nabil is huge on it. And then you got, you know, 
because Nabil Nabil's good in my book. He's a good kid. But then he got schmuck fucking Tyson guy. I don't know his last name. Noodle bar puller strap. Oh, Rednauer. Rednauer. Yeah. Is it Tyson Rednauer? Yeah. Yeah, he goes viral more than fucking all of us. And Tamara, or I mean, Griggs and Hack included. Right? So, so. I, I don't know, but it just comes down to the definition of what your idea mainstream is. Because I actually say getting a sports center or going viral on sports center isn't as mainstream as a YouTube channel. Because a YouTube channel, people are subscribing, they're viewing, they're clicking in every single week. And on the untested side, you have Jamal, and that's about it, and it's nowhere near stuff like Russ, but only one I could always tie myself back to is Russ, Ray, and then you mentioned Daniela and um, Amanda. So actually, no, I don't I, know. we never we never bring him up, but it's actually true. You know who the most mainstream powerlifter, arguably in the world, is? Lane Norton. Max Tuning. Oh yeah. Lane Norton could be one too. Yeah, Lane, yeah, Lane, Lane could Norton's be... up there, but Max Tuning. We we forget he powerless. He never does nationals, and he doesn't do it like super high level and comp- competitively, even though he's decently strong. But like he arguably is one of the most famous powerlifters in the world. You could you could name drop him and say he's a power lifter and everyone would know him. I actually I actually think so. I think it is a good take. Like, I, I definitely agree that we do see a bit more of the untested side getting reposted on some bigger pages. But that's been going on forever. That goes back to the fact that the WPA and Multiply has been on ESPN. Yeah, It's I never mean- gotten anywhere. And I'm going to argue that the untested side continues to be too much of a scrambled mess to actually be marketable mm-hmm. versus the tested side of power. I think whether it's the IPF or USAPL is just way more organized to where if it could ever catch on, maybe the Sheffield, I think it's much more marketable. I agree. Okay. That, that is, that's a good argument there. Um, it's, it, it, yeah, it, it's kind of hard to say like where I'm going with this take because I understand what's being said, but I, I if I, are people getting into the sport because of untested lifters? That I don't know. No, it's because of Weez. Yes, we did. Did you think Weez today? I think we did. Did you think Weez yet? Well, before I go to sleep every I night, send them, I, I send them my I send them my commission check tomorrow. It's the first. Okay, good. I before I go to sleep, instead of saying prayers, I thank Weez for giving me this opportunity to have two white lights. And then I think Brad. Yes. Then I also think Brad, because really, I mean, true. If if it, if any I mean, Brad runs, yeah, Brad runs powerlifting. Are we getting to that? Are we going to get to that hot take of Brad runs powerlifting? We can keep alluding to it, but Brad runs powerlifting. Okay. But the one the one thing I'll say to counter argument what I've been arguing for is I don't think the general public gives two craps if someone's on steroids or not. No, they don't. Uh, they ES- don't. ESPN though, like that's it's kind of the hurt. The hurtful thing for me is ESPN be like, we don't give a shit. Just we're posting, we're putting things on ESPN because we think people are going to view it. And also, I know you have to buy some slots over there. But you mentioned it too. You know, the WPO uh, getting on ESPN. We just recently had one, a bench only meet getting on ESPN. Um, I guess a natty guy got on there. But at the same time, is 
are, are you going to say those guys are more mainstream? Is Multiply more mainstream? Is Bench only more mainstream than Griggs, Hack, and Tamara? Because they're not on ESPN. Those guys are, but you can't name. Powerlifters can't name the people who competed at, at that meet. So yeah. I, I don't. I don't think you can call at this point. I almost feel like ESPN has so much that you, I don't know if you can call it mainstream unless it's a consistent, like run episode, not episode, but consistently runs sport over and over at this point. I don't know. I mean, especially like sports centers, Instagram page. That's just another like sports center repost page. Instagram, yeah. It's, it's, it's like hood clips now. What the fuck are they posting? Yeah, it's, like, it's, Look it's, at this dog. it's not. It's just a repost page of random stuff. Hey, a dog. It's did not mainstream. Cute. A dog jumped over a hula hoop or jumped in a hula hoop and it was adorable. I'm like, how is this ESPN? I saw a guy doing a single leg leg press on ESPN and Sports Center Instagram page. Like, okay, I guess uh, that stunt lifting is way more mainstream than that too. I guess I I I guess it comes back to powerlifting just simply is not mainstream. <laughs> If we're arguing, trying to find that, like, and then we get something like, uh, you know, someone is benching a couch while doing a a sit up, which I saw the other day. That's that's what's gonna get on ESPN and Sports Center's Instagram page. But I, I do think I my hot take is getting on Instagram, Sports Center, or ESPN is overrated. Yeah. I'd say so at this point, yes. It doesn't, it doesn't do. mean that much compared to what it used to be. Yeah, or, I mean, what it used to be. I don't know. If you got on ESPN, the actual network, uh, if you got on SportsCenter, you're a fucking god. Like Julius Maddox. I, he mentioned Julius Maddox, too. That, to me, is huge. That's big. If you get on SportsCenter. SportsCenter did do a preview into Julius Maddox's bench press. That was, I'm like, that's big. For me, at least. Being a sports fan growing up, if you get on Sports Center and you're mentioned by one of the anchors, if Scott Van Pelt mentions my name, I don't know what I would do. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to call a doctor in four hours, because that'll be great. So if he if he's like Angelo Fortino with a good deadlift, I'll be like, oh my god, Scott Van Pelt just mentioned my name. Growing yeah. up with those guys, growing up I, with sports with that Center. said though, I I mean, I think a decent amount of people may know who Julius Maddox is. I mean, no, really, I I'm gonna, main, yeah, I don't think he's mainstream. I don't think this is, I don't think this is a hot take, but like, I mean, arguably the main reason Russ is recognizable and people know him is because he's freaking jacked and looks amazing. Uh huh. Yeah. And I think you're going to get more of the people who have that look. Actually, I don't even know if I could say that. I think the USAPL might have some of those more clean, aesthetic looking builds. Yeah. People, but I don't know. And then now we're getting into like weird discussion of you know what's aesthetically pleasing to the audience. But good take. I love you, Delco. Excellent, excellent take there. Got us started. Got I mean, right off the bat, like a fifteen minute rant. I mean, also we're talking about mainstream success. I don't know why Leflar Bros is not in everyone's house yet. Because one, they sponsor Delco Jesus. They sponsor me. Technically, because you have an affiliate code, they sponsor you too. You need to get Leflar Bros. You need to. Every house needs to have Leflar Bros in their house. I'm wearing the dad hat. They make you look good head to toe. Dad hats, tank tops, t-shirts, joggers, socks. They make you look good in the in the gym, off the 
out the gym, in the on the platform, off the platform. That was a big tongue twister. That's the worst I've ever executed that one. But use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. Go on their website, check out all the great Leffler Bros merchandise. The new drop they just have is my favorite shirt. Go and get the newest drop. It is my favorite shirt now. I love it. It looks fantastic. It's incredibly comfy, and it's fashionable. Again, you can wear it in the gym and out the gym. Use that promo code 2WL15, and make sure you're following them on Instagram as well. Something you said, though, I don't know if I can 100% viably say that's the truth. You said Left Love Rose is not in everyone's home. With with CV specialty, are we sure he hasn't hacked everyone's phone and is creeping on them? Since he is the hey, creepy old dude, Double McThick. I do think I do think he reads my mind sometimes. So that could be him getting into my phone. Because a lot of, like, you, he you, may, subcon- you subconsciously yeah, put things in your phone. He may be Siri. And that may be his voice mask. That's frightening. I'm imagining CB with a Siri voice, like if you normally talk like that with his beard. And I no. If 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 feet picks are making him flaccid, that will make me flaccid for a while. Just thinking about that. It's frightening. Well, fortunately it's date night, so we'll get you back up. All right. Well, I mean, a perfect person to do that also kind of ties into the previous take. We got Joe Bag, Joey Bagadonis. Winner of our GOAT draft. Also DM me this because he knows that it wouldn't fit into the uh, Q&A post. But money meets, while good for the top lifters, don't truly help the sport. Growing the sport, take great local directors, and we need more good ones. What TSS and Warcat is doing is what we need more of. So I actually Uh, think... What's up? Go ahead. Go ahead. You're going. Roll Uh, with it. I think that a lot of people immediately go to money meets. Like, this is what we need. This is what powerlifting needs, more money meets. And I don't think they helped the sport because what we had was a lot of money meets. We had a ton of money meets. They can't last. And it wasn't getting people into the sport. They weren't looking at the Kern. And I think having a good presence in a local level with an inviting meet and a fun meet and a well-organized meet and um, people having a good time, making friends. That's what's more important to the sport of powerlifting, I think, that'll get them. And then from there, you get potential money meets. Yeah. I, I make two main points because, one, I completely agree. The first point is if money mattered, we'd already be super – I mean, we'd be mainstream because it's been going on forever. And I posted the other day in 1990, the Mountaineer Cup posted up a $60,000 prize for the winner. That's more than what's going on right now. But 1990, 32 years ago, if you actually go look, I went and searched it because Squat Me and Deadlift told me to on YouTube. That may be the best stream. It was on ESPN. That may be the best production for powerlifting I've ever seen. The commentating and the actual production of it was actually incredible. Um, Yeah, this has been going on forever. Money Meets has been happening since the 70s, I believe. Uh, So that's not helping us. I'm not saying it's not good, but it's not going to do anything. Um, I mean, I don't. This goes back to kind of that first take. One of the reasons the USAPL, I think, is in, in IPF, I think, brings in more lifters than any other federations. Um, one, because of barrier entry of being drug free, but two, it offers a very distinct pathway of competition and tiered approach and understanding of like a professional series. Whether you consider IPF Worlds a professional series or, or maybe at the, they fix the pro series, um, and we see a lot of lifters in both these organizations not really caring that much about money some do 
And money's a nice icing on the cake. It's a nice icing on the cake, but it doesn't determine what they're going to do. Mm. So I think it's something that need, that is good to be added and it needs to be consistent. But I think one of the things is it hasn't been consistent, but two, we're not a mainstream sport. We're a niche sport. And I don't think we're ever going to go mainstream. And so if that's the case, like the main thing is quality of local meets, availability of local meets, experience at local meets, um, and making the sport as accessible, accessible as possible for people to get into. Yeah, it's a nice perk. But then when you look at some of these meets like Carolina Primetime and you know the uh, TBS Primetime and Warcat, they're not big money meets. They're not throwing money at people. I mean, they're giving cash prizes away, which is awesome. It's a, it's a, it's progress in the sport, but people aren't wanting to do them because there's a lot of money on the line. And like you said, with nationals and the USAPL, the reason why the, I mean, this is a fact that you could call it Natty elitist, whatever the Kern, um, big dogs, boss of bosses. Those are the big money meets when I was getting into powerlifting. No one got into powerlifting because of those meets. People got into powerlifting because of USAPL Nationals. And you can see that based on the membership. If that was the case, the USPA and their side would have more members. And they don't. And I do agree in the sense that more local meets will help people, you know, just be involved in the sports but I, I, the, I, my hot take, money meets are overrated. They're good, but people saying this is what the sport needs, while true, it's not the first thing the sports needs or the sport needs. It needs to continue to have a good local meat presence. Yep. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, it's if there was no money, it wouldn't really change a whole lot of what's going on currently. Yeah. It's just a, it's a nice perk, and yeah. Yeah, well. Thank you for the submission, Mr. Bagadonis. Hopefully, we could have you on again sometime. All right, so this one's simple. Single ply lifting will be more popular again in the next five years. No, gosh, no. Yeah, gotta gotta throw in the bad with the I, good sometimes. I, I'm not. I, I'm not even gonna throw in some things I know. Uh, Wait, th- I, things I you know, it, but, but the USAPL equip page posted what they're going through right now, and I don't know how you can spin that into a positive light where it could potentially be more popular in five years. Yeah, it's, it's not, it, it's just not, it sucks though. Kind it's, of it's, for me. it, yeah, I don't have anything against equipped other than the fact that the equipped lifters annoy me thinking that they're somehow owed something because they've been lifting for longer than raw lifters or something. That's the only thing that annoys me. Otherwise I like equipped lifting. The world games is incredible. USAPL doesn't have competition. It's not very intriguing. I don't know why equipped lifters even stay in the USAPL. I'd be going IPF if I was equipped because the World Games is, is really what you want to work towards. But in no in no capacity yeah, I mean, can it, I see that. <laughs> what do you say? In no capacity can I see like every single thing I look at as far as this take goes, it's wrong. Like young people. Young people getting into the sport. You're saying in five years' time they'll be single play. I don't know how you. But could, you could argue it. You could argue raw lifters switching over, but I don't think they will. Mm. I, I just think it's it's when raw lifting started, or has now has now become a thing, and with all the, the things that have come with that, it's just a better product. It just is, and that's I, 
equiplifters may disagree. I don't care. It's, but it's, there's proof. There's proof it's a better product. It's, it's like when you have Blockbuster and then streaming services become available. Streaming services are just a better product. I don't have to go to the store anymore and get charged rental fees. I can just pay $9.99 a month and have all the movies in my home for free. They're not for free, but for that streaming service. Yeah. It's a better product. Yeah. The barrier of entry is lower. It's way easier to train. It's more relatable. It's easier to, everything about it is just a better product. And I mean, it, I don't even need to say it's a, a, an opinion. You can tell by the memberships, like, dwindling by 50% every year that people agree. Yeah, exactly. It, it, for me, it's just more so of a time-consuming thing. I was thinking about it today. When I saw this hot take, I was like, you know what? If I was a single-ply lifter, I'd actually have a really good time doing it. It's hardcore. It's gritty. Um, a lot of you know former athletes go and do single-ply lifting. Like I would have a good time with it. It's just I'm like, the reason why I don't do it is because I can't. It's going to be very difficult to do that alone. And and then also it's like you think about what raw lifting is, you have a wider population of competitors, high level competitors. Um there's there's an element of popularity to it. It, it, it. So it just it just makes for a little bit of easier experience, but I'm like single ply lifting as far as just the look goes, I'm like I I actually think it would be cool to be a part of it, but I'm just looking at all the factors and then if you go on USAPL's equip page and you go through that slide that um slideshow of the PowerPoint presentation, it's not good. It does not tell me that things are going to go better in five years and more people are going to get involved into it. It's pretty, it's, it looks bleak based on that. I don't think it'll cease to yeah, exist, that, but I'm going to completely disagree with your take that is going to get more popular in five years. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say this in the nicest way because I'm not trying to be mean, but I don't think equip lifters know how to grow equip lifting. All the takes I see from them of how they can grow equipped lifting are not going to work, and I don't think they realize it. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's I I guess this I mean this could be taken as being mean, but talking about elitists, we talk about this a lot in powerlifting, gatekeeping elitists. Single ply lifters have to be the biggest elitists at times. Oh, it's it's an actual significant issue, and I've had some very strong discussions with some people in the higher ups about how one of the biggest issues in all of the USAPL is the equipped gatekeepers, who a lot of them are state chairs. Some of them are on the executive committee. Um, there is a significant issue with gatekeeping equipped state chairs in USAPL, basically denying the ability for up-and-coming younger meet directors and state referees and lifters to like progress in the organization because they kind of keep, they gatekeep the fact that equipped people in general kind of run USAPL. Yeah. That is a, that is a fact. And I will die on that statement. Yeah. And also we filled our quote for two white lights, um, making fun of single ply for a second. We had a monthly quota and we just hit it. So we don't have to worry about Perfect. that till tomorrow. I actually, when this episode drops, it can be September. We don't have to worry about that until October. Also, I want to go back to a point. This is my hot take, not powerlifting related. Blockbuster will forever be a better product than Netflix. That is my hot take. The decline of this country, there's a correlation. The decline of this country's, I think, mood and overall happiness was also the same time Blockbuster went under. Blockbuster also about was the same fantastic. time people started forgetting about Dre. So I don't know which correlates more. I personally think it's because more people forgot about Dre. It's Blockbuster. It's guaranteed. Blockbuster 
Going to Blockbuster was just an exciting experience. You know how much weird movies I watched because of Blockbuster? Because of Blockbuster, if they didn't have your, the movie there you're looking for, you're like, well, I'm here. I'm going to buy another movie. And he just watches random ass. That's how we found Night at the Roxbury with Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan. We were good with my family just went to Blockbuster and they got Night at the Roxbury. And it's a fucking hilarious movie that no one was going to watch. Same thing with video games. When I went to Blockbuster to get video games, like, all right, I want this video game. It's not here. I'm going to play some random video games. Now everyone just gets what they want. They get exactly what they want, and they're unhappy. All right. Have you well, listened to what rap I'm music? taking this as? Is if anyone Everyone's wants sad. to get Angela, Angela's birthday is in January. Oh, you remembered. It's in January 19th. Close. Ooh, really? Uh, 29th. You're getting the numbers right. That means okay. your brain's... Okay, I got the nine right. Jesus. Um, if anyone Kinda wants weird. to get Angelo a birthday present, send him VHS tapes. Yes, do it. Uh, dude, I, I used to watch, like, the backyard... Like, not the backyard videos, but, like, the UFC, like, sevens on VHS. Like, UFC seven. Like, when they have, like, the warning labels and, like, don't do this to your friends. This is pretty much... This is pretty much gladiators going at it. This is cockfighting, as John McCain put it. I had that. And I'm, I was, 10-year-old Angelo was happy as shit. It was very, me and my brother were just watching that at 1 o'clock in the morning. It's fantastic. I was, ha- I was happy. And then when Blockbuster went under and I got Netflix, no one's going to watch new shit on Netflix. No one wants to do that. All right, end rant. I'm done. Blockbuster is one of my favorite things ever. All right. Hitting a certain number at a certain age isn't impressive. It's how long you've been lifting. I am on the fence of that. But here's the thing I do really agree with its take. Because you're a good power lifter at 20, it does not make you more impressive. 100% there. That That is the big thing for me. Look at the potential. Look at what this person can do. I also know that they can get hurt at any time or not progress. It's happened a lot in powerlifting. Just because you are 19 years old does not mean that you are guaranteed success in the sport. That's one thing that I'm always frustrated about. That's my hot take. Whenever someone throws their age in there, I'm like, I'm ignoring it. I'm ignoring it because I don't know what's, what you are going to be in three years. Of course, you have to look at it in a certain way if it's an impressive total. But it's got to be an impressive total for the Open. Like what Joe Bornstein's doing. For Joe, for me, Joe Bornstein, because he's, I'm like, you're already impressive. You're second place in 75s. You're already there. You just got to keep working. The, the impressive thing is that your total is at second place right now, not your age. So I will say I think hitting certain numbers at a certain age is impressive. But... It is very easily forgettable if you do not live up to the expectations of what those numbers entail. Because if I have, if I, if there's some 19 year old that hits crazy numbers, but I don't hear, ever hear of them again, I'll completely forget about them. But if you've yeah. got someone like Ashton Rouska who hit those numbers at 19 and then lived up to expectations, we'll never forget about Ashton. We'll never forget as well what Ashton did when he was 19. Well, now we'll remember the fact that he was a freak 19 year old. We won't remember the 20 other freak 19-year-olds that were competing at the same time as them that no longer power lifts. So I, I, I agree that like it is impressive to hit certain numbers at an age, but if you don't 
build from that, it's it's the it's it's going to be something where you're going to be forgotten very very easily, and no one's going to care anymore. Yeah. Uh, same thing we see with basketball or football prospects. We mm-hmm. see these these absolute studs in high school. If they don't eventually become legitimate like NFL players, we no longer care that they were stud high school players. It's it's the ones that like we look back at high school and we think about Derrick Henry and what he did. Well, we remember we we look back at what Derrick Henry did in high school because he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, uh, I actually forgot the uh, forgot that sixty for sixty or thirty for thirty. Why did I say? 60 for 60. I doubled it for no reason. That's weird. <laughs> I just did math incorrectly. Um, I forgot which one it was. Um, he was slated. To, I mean, it was his high school tape was incredible. He was 6'2", 230-pound running back. Uh, played at University of Oklahoma. Was the, his freshman year, he ran for like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 1,800 yards. Ran for. He still holds the Fiesta Bowl record. And that was it. That was his career. He was never. What's his name? It's going to I, I me forgot. Now. Yeah, Dupree, something Dupree. Marcus Dupree. Marcus yep. Dupree. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I remembered. Yeah. So there's stuff like that that happens a lot. It, it, just how you hold value on certain things. When I think of young lifters, and I don't hold value on things, I tell people like, you know, get the fuck out of my face with this shit. Is when they're like, he totaled 700 at 83 kilos, but he's only 20, or he's only 19, or he's only 18. I'll be like. No, I don't care. I don't care about his age at that point. His total is what I'm looking at. If he totaled 775 at 19, I'm like, okay, that's good because that's just good for the open. You can progress from there. You can build. Anyone can build. You can build when you're 25. I'm experiencing it. The 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 growth in my you know powerlifting career when I was 25 years old. So you can progress really at any time. It's it's the, the the age thing when people label the age on top of it. That's where I'm like, no, don't don't give me a poor, uh, not a poor total, a a non elite total, and then put your age in front of it being like that's actually impressive because I'm 18. Like, no, it isn't. It's a it's a it's it's a good. Of course, you have potential. Everyone has potential. I mean, at 23, I think I told 700 at my first meet. But I was 23, <laughs> you know, no one gives a shit if you're 23 doing it. But if you're 21 or 20 doing it, people are like, oh, you, you have such room to grow. It, it's not always the case. How long you've been lifting? Potentially, um, I could see that because those if you're if, if say if you have a 500 dots and it's your second meet or something, then those newbie games are hitting you hard and you probably are doing it without any sort of guidance. I know for a fact, once you get some guidance, people can blow up their numbers. So I do see that, that that second part of the take as well. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this one. Um, I'm just going to mention it really quick. Most squats Carolina primetime is reposting for lifters in prep are blatantly high. Have they posted a squat? I haven't noticed that. And also, I love, uh, I love when people put like... Um, put adjectives and stuff in front of things because they think it like it makes them sound smarter or like throw like adverbs. So are, are they they were blatantly high, meaning that they attempted on purpose to make them high because that's what blatantly high means. You intended to make it high. I don't think they did that on purpose. I don't think they're blatantly posting high squats. I have no idea what they're talking about here. 
Yeah, I, I've not noticed Carolina primetime specifically posting any squats. So, yeah, I have no idea. I know they're doing the they... ones with the preps, like like in prep, like a lot of people are posting. Like they're doing, uh, you know, like the, the build-up videos, which is awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. But they're doing that, and I just looked at them like, okay, I got to go on Carolina primetime's page and look at these squats because I want to see if they're high, and I haven't found one squat. I'm like, if they're posting like the gym videos of them giving interviews i'm i'm not gonna watch the entire thing to possibly watch a warm-up high squat but it was that was very funny to me we have (laughs) teen and junior nationals should be deleted well junior nationals kind of is because they're just combining with the open well no there's junior nationals now well no I thought they're doing junior nationals within raw nationals. Like it's standing alone as its own event. Well, yeah. Sort of thing, right? Well, it's back in raw nationals. Like okay. it was in 2019 where there's a junior national champion. Now. You, oh yeah, exactly. Can, I, believe I think you you're can... saying junior nationals just in general, like you're just going there and it's junior nationals. Like what we had this. Oh week. yeah. That would, that, That's that the... needed to be deleted because it was the same thing as collegiate nationals. They should, we already talked about that. They should have been combined and team nationals should have been combined with high school nationals. Like to have those separate was silly. Yeah. I don't know. Like it, I don't... It, it just diluted things. Yeah, I do. The teen, the teen one for me, it's like I. You could have high school nationals, but teen nationals, like, uh, it it just doesn't make sense. You can include them with raw nationals. Too on top of that, like any age division should be well, included makes, with raw nationals. It makes even less sense teen and high school being separate because what teenager is not in high school? Like maybe point zero one percent of teenagers aren't in high school. Where uh, well, I mean, less I think the two juniors, a less percentage of juniors may not be in college. Well, I mean, I, I think the highly prestigious national champions of Wies and Grant Iverson. I don't think they were in high school. They won at teen nationals a uh, year prior. So, I mean, I guess they graduated one year. They're nineteen. They were nineteen. Still uh, benefiting from that. They were nineteen. Yeah, I they're don't in, know. They were yeah, in the I, same ballpark as Alex Sider yes. with that meet. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just saw that one. I'm like, well, I gotta correct it because you know, there is an actually they actually kind of did delete Junior Nationals as a standalone event. All right, here's a simple one. Taylor Atwood isn't actually going 82 and a half kilos. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I kind of believed it at first until they made it into it. a whole joke thing. Yeah. God, it, every time I'm sorry, I don't give a fuck that he's better than me at powerlifting. Every time I see it of him like hinting he's going to go to 82 and a half, I'm like, just fucking do it if you want to do it. Like, if you're going to make the video for likes, just post one of your regular lifting videos. We get it. You're really strong in your weight class. Actually come up to the weight class and stop doing it for the whole, like, those skits and the real. Just do it already. I, I, I would Here's like a to hotter, One, I agree. Here's a hotter take, and you can answer it. I'll say the hot take is if he does go to 83, I don't really think it matters too much if he's in the IPF then. No, it doesn't. Well, what do you mean? I, I want to make sure I get you first before I give you my thoughts. Like, what? what's the point of, like, him going to the 83s and the IPF? Like, well, he's, he's just, just going to go to another place where he's, like, if, if you're it, – it doesn't mean as much. Like, if he's not going to come to go head-to-head with Russ and you and Sean and Gruden and potentially Jawan, like – 
I don't know if I really care about him going to 83 as much. It just gives him different competition. Yeah, but I was thinking about that today. I'm like, well, he would have to go USAPL or he'd have to lure Russ into the IPF, which I could see that happening as well. I think that would be a, a scenario that'll happen. Um, I don't know, just the way that it was done too. I was looking at the thing. I'm like, is this another one of these fucking reels? Another one of these goddamn skits? Or is he actually doing it? Um, it's the next year. So really, it's a lot of time for that too. And I'm just, I, Here's I, I'm why I so believe- annoyed. I, I'm so, I don't care. Don't care how good Taylor Atwood was. I'm annoyed by it. I understand it's entertaining. I understand you're trying to reach different mediums and different audiences and evolve with it. I get it. I'm a, I'm a fucking surly old man, it looks like, even though you're older than me. I'm just annoyed with the teasing, the cock tease, the honey dicking of him going up a weight class. Because here's where I, here's where I think it could be if it's true and it's strategic. I got an idea why, and it's because of the way Sheffield is done. Is he should go in this year and probably win Sheffield pretty easily if he's not hurt. Mm-hmm. But then he's going to set the new world record, which then he'd have to beat. If he goes up to eighty three, and he can gain some strength, Russ's world record is only what like eight thirty eight. I think eight thirty three. 838, I thought. Maybe Taylor. My bad. No, no. Maybe Taylor sees it up. 838, because I think he did it at Sweden last year. Does does Taylor think he has a better opportunity next year to go 83 and then try and beat that world record for two back to back versus trying to beat his own world record again at 74? That's actually a really good point. Yeah. I mean, he's totally 838 in the past. So, you know, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Um, It's. Yeah, that, that would actually make sense. Also, I mean, but you throw the question here, you know, Austin Perkins and Joe Bornstein. Um, there, I, I, I would classify, you know, Austin Perkins to be higher uh, because, I mean, simply the total is totaled 800 before, totaled 790 at his most recent meet. But, you know, we're, we're at a point here, again, that Perkins is, uh, I think, a legitimate contender to Atwood. Yeah, I think so. by next year he will be again. Because he's, he's if he can stay healthy and he's getting better coaching than he did in the past, I think very well he could be challenging near Atwood. Maybe uh, maybe not eight thirty eight yet, but Atwood's not always going to hit eight thirty eight because he doesn't stay healthy all the time. So, mm. but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll see it when I believe it. Just like yeah, a lot of a lot of things. You'll I, believe I, I, I got to believe it when you see it. it. You mean you believe it when you see it? You kind of mix up your the words. Yes, there. yes, yes. I'll, I'll believe it when it. I see it. Yeah, I'll see it when I believe it. All right. I think the one of those things go hand in hand, but yeah, I mean, personally, I don't want, I mean, I wanted to move up because it's more eyes on my division, but I'm just, every time you, you like they make, like they make a video about that. I'm just sitting there rolling my fucking eyes and probably doing one of these like, all right, let's go. Let's do it already. Please. Like, I, I, I hate the, I hate the, like the, the, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right word, the grandstanding of it, you know, like, Fucking, come on! Like, I, because like the videos are always like Delaney being scared about it, and I know it's a joke, but it's like, dude, you're as good as Russ. We're not fucking scared of Russ, so you would be in the same level as Russ. So just like, do it. It's not. It's not a. If you if you do it, uh, the only one really should be like who has something to lose is Russ. All of us have nothing to lose. So let's just let's let's actually see it happen. That's my rant. That's my hot takes. I threw like hot takes on top of hot takes. I'm going to turn on the light in here really quick. Um, 
But I mean, oh, it's it, Steve after dark time. It is. You want to do the Obsidian ad and after dark voice? Well, I go turn I, on the lights. We can no, do it. <laughs> do it. I don't even. I've never done the ad reads. I'm not going to do a very good job of it. Okay, I'll try it. All right. I'm, my headphones are be off. So is I it two white lights? Fifteen. Okay. It's two I'll, just, I'll just roll with it, and we'll see what happens here. All right. Yeah, I'm going to get halfway in. Okay. I like going halfway in. That's kind of my motto. <laughs> Especially when I've got some obsidian ammonia salts ready to go for a nice evening. Two white lights, 15. We'll get you some of the best ammonia salts in the game. Need a little pick-me-up? Viagra isn't the key. It's a nice little bit of a nose bleach. That's what's going to get you going when you really are in those times that... Yeah, you need to perform. <laughs> you, had a ner- you had a nervous moan there in the middle of it and made me uncomfortable. I just, <laughs> I just tuned in when he said Viagra. I'm like, all right, this is going well. This is, this is going about as well as I thought. And then I also heard you go halfway in. I'm like, good. <laughs> that's that's what they teach you. Go halfway. Never, don't don't ever go fully in. You just say you're yeah. going halfway. Like, no, it's only halfway in. It's just halfway. It's no, not, not all of it's in yet. And then you panic. <laughs> but hopefully uh, Obsidian makes a, a ton of sales of what, what you just said. Yeah. 2WL15. It should. Obsidian Ammonia. Go to HypeDust.com and get yourself the best smelling salts in the game. I love when it's in gyms. Get some for your gym, too. Make sure it is in your gym. I mean, Steve set the mood. Maybe so you want that intimate setting in the gym, too. Get yourself going. Use Obsidian Ammonia Smelling Salts. Promo code 2WL15. All right. This one, I knew we were going to get one of these. Pulling on a Kabuki bar is harder than an Ohio Power Bar. And I say oh. it depends. Are you about to agree with me? Only if you deadlift enough. Only if you deadlift. Yes, it depends. Only if you deadlift enough. I also want to point out if you're a good deadlifter. If you are a good deadlifter, a Kabuki deadlift bar eventually becomes a really good tool to use to increase your deadlift. If you're a shitty deadlifter, the Kabuki deadlift bar might be harder for you because you don't know how to deadlift. The slack is going to throw you off. The lockout's going to throw you off. A lot of that's going to throw you off. But if you practice with it, it is easier to use an Ohio power bar. I could feel myself, whenever I have to use a deadlift bar, I could feel myself getting into a rhythm just on the day. You give me three weeks, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be an easier bar to pull on. My positioning's already set with the deadlift bar because of the slack. But if you don't know what the hell you're doing, it might be harder. Yeah, I mean, my main thing is, it's, I mean, inherently the Kabuki bar is going to allow you to pull more in some manner if you know how to use it because it has more whip. It's going to give you a higher starting position, especially for sumo pullers. The only thing we see is that at certain loads, especially with these really highly technical sumo pullers who hook grip, it becomes almost a deterrent to an extent, like we saw with Blake LeHue. Like, it's not a matter of strength. It's can he actually control the whip at the top? And that's the only thing I see there. Otherwise, it should be easier to pull on a Kabuki deadlift bar if you know how to deadlift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And you should be able to deadlift more with it. That's the key. That's the operative term. If you know how to deadlift, that's a phrase that I just want to always go back to. If you know how to deadlift, it's easier. Um, I think Liam Newell posted on his story. And again, like it seemed like he wasn't saying, or he was saying that, you know, the Ohio power bar is easier to pull on. Um, It seemed like he was saying that, but I think it's like, 
it's more so to people who just think that the deadlift bar is going to automatically add kilos to your deadlift, where he's a person who's a very good deadlifter with the Ohio de- uh, Power Bar, but he had a, an ability to practice more with the Kabuki Bar, and you see the benefits of him getting onto the Kabuki Deadlift Bar. One, because it's it's, an, it's increasing his deadlift, but two, it, it's it's because he's a good deadlifter. Like, people are just saying, right, it's like, oh, it doesn't count because of Kabuki deadlift bar. Like, no, you have to, in order to be a good deadlifter, or in order to have success with the Kabuki deadlift bar, you have to be a good deadlifter. You just have to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I knew we were going to get at least one deadlift bar take in there. Um, I mean, you alluded to this earlier. There needs to be another uh, expo with a double elimination format. Oh, so that's going to that little thing I posted from that Mountaineer Cup where uh, it was everyone squats and then like two-thirds, whoever has the t- top two-thirds squatters go into bench. And then from there, whoever the top 33% of the highest subtotals moves on. The it's a cool format, but I, I, don't, I don't know if it works anymore because the fact of the matter is, is I would ar- I would argue one of the biggest reasons totals have increased is because of deadlifts. Yeah. We see a lot more high level deadlifters now than I we did back in the day and that a lot that goes a lot back to conjugate because conjugate I don't know if people know conjugate it, it's semi ignored deadlift like the west side method or so you can tell west side west side didn't really prioritize deadlifting they definitely prioritized squatting and benching and maybe maybe it, it's because that that helped to like kind of like uh, attract people who have better leverages for squat and bench in the first place. But most people who win meets now have to have a big deadlift. And that wasn't always the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw that and I'm like, Oh, if we do that, I might be in trouble. But what did it say though? I'd have to get at least third of a subtotal better that, or I have a subtotal better. You'd have third. to be. Yeah. Of the people that made it to bench, you'd have to be in the top, I guess half, which would be the top third of subtotal to then make it to deadlift or something like that. I think I'm there. So every single time, like if there's wise. 10 people in the meet every single time, three people are cut out. So there's three people cut out the top seven, make it the bench. Then this top, uh, four, make it into the actual deadlift based off of subtotal or something like that. It'd be a cool system. Um, but I, I don't know if it's applicable at this point now, in large parts, I, I could be completely off base here, but I, I would bet if statistically, if you went and looked at stuff, I think likely deadlift is the biggest change from totals 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, um, I would, I, I would don't assume that. I don't think bench records have gone up a crazy ton. I think squat, maybe it's, it's mainly deadlifts that all around has gone up a significant amount. Yeah, I think uh, Ed Blair had a deadlift or a bench record that was like 50 years old or something or something or like 30 years old or something crazy like that. Like in that weight class, it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's. Yeah, bench press and squat. Those are those were the kings of the lifts. You know, those were the kings of the like powerlifting. Um, I mean, it, it's true too. Like in powerlifting back in the '90s, it was squat and bench show. Now it's a deadlift show, and I think that's just yeah. a, a change to society because deadlift is quicker to digest. It's a very simple movement. Um, still love me a good squat though, but I. Yeah, I actually think the format would be cool if someone picked it up and did it. I mean, I, I get shafted on it pretty hard. I don't know if I'm going to make it to the top four. I'm often in, like, sixth. I think in nationals or fifth or sixth in the nationals in the top ten, and then I pull within the, you know, the three range. Um, but, 
I, I, I do think the idea of it is is cool. It, it does make it more of a sport. Um, it eliminates those pussies who can't bench. Yeah. It's fucking losers. That's people. Yeah. Fucking They're terrible. Fucking They're the worst. worst. Yeah. And you tell someone you have a 315 bench and they're like, holy shit, really? Damn. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone in powerlifting thinks I'm a bitch. But I say, yeah, hey, tell people like, yeah, I have a 374 bench. Like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, all my friends make fun of me for it. Well, literally no one has complimented my bench in a long time. So, uh, it's, it's good to get, it's good to get support from a stranger. That's that. It's actually a good thing that they open up with bench most of the time. Cause I'm not going to get the, the reassurance from my powerlifting peers and friends about a 374. That'd be too easy. Yeah. Yeah, just, that, that would be too nice of people. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't give the same respect, so we, we can't give it to you. Yeah. All right. The Pana squat, it said Pina. I'm pretty sure they mean Pana. Tec- uh, technique is actually an advantage and not a full lockout. I think we talked about that. Are we banning the French Federation from IPF? Are we going to fully dive into that take? I'll dive into it. So let me start off by saying... I am pointing it out and have been pointing out simply because it, if we're, we're going to harp on sumo, we're going to harp on cheating on bench press by arching. You got to harp on the fact that this, this super low bar, highly hinged over, not standing erect squat fits into the same exact thing. I am not saying get rid of it. I am all for less rules and powerlifting. I, I, I don't have an issue with it other than the fact that like if, if you think people aren't going to try and figure out a way to create advantages on every single lift, no matter what the rules, you're delusional. Everyone's going to try and figure out how to cheat the rules as much as possible within the given rules. Mm-hmm. So, and the French lifters are doing this thing where they're doing the super low bar squat. They know they're doing it. They're doing highly hinged over and it, they're within the rules because the rules are very vague. The rule says the bar has to be across the shoulders, but what does that mean? Like that doesn't really tell me where the bar has to be. And then it says stand erect within reason or something like that. But that doesn't say anything either. Like I, it, the rules are so vague that like it, it's, you can't really tell me where the bar is supposed to go or what standing erect is. I just find it weird that no one that they're not standing up with their squat. That's it. That's my whole thing on it. It's like when I look at it, like when you point it out, I look at them like, oh, they're not standing. They, they're not standing. They literally upright. cannot. The yeah. bar would yeah, the yeah, bar yeah, would fall I, off their exactly. back. Exactly. They're so having to stay hinged over for that bar to bounce. It it is it is a scenario of a high arch bench to me. It's your you're trying to find a way to minimize the work you're doing on a squat. And I think the arguments apply the, the arguments that I agree with on bench, I think flies with this as well. If you're not able to stand upright, like it's, you're not, you're not, I think showing your full strength or it's not an, it's not a uh, technique that other sports can apply to their training. I I agree there. I don't care where the bar goes. If you want to have the bar low on your back, I, I don't really think there that. As long as you standing. can hold the bar there, go for it. But yes, I do agree that the whole standing erect thing needs a bit more... If there was something I would buy towards... I, like, I don't know if they're actually completing the lift to an extent. That would be like benching with really soft elbows 
I don't know. I I, I I feel like if I if I go too far on the rabbit hole saying it needs to be changed, that I'm hypocritical because I say don't ban arches. But it is a weird one that I, I don't feel like gets any attention yet. It's very it, it's it's very loosely based on vague rules and like of how far they can they can bend those rules. Yeah. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, we got one. We're going to wrap up soon here. National level meets should have instant replay for jury challenges. I don't know if I could qualify that as a hot take. I think a lot of people would just say that's obvious, but I'm actually on the alternative say I don't think we need it. I think the jury does a good yeah, job. Yeah, I probably agree. Yeah, I mean, there's not too many times that a lift is so like obviously wrong that the jury then gets like the jury usually gets it right for the most part. Now, did the IPF screw over uh, Bonica Brown? Yes, they did a little bit. And you're welcome. I just said it right. I deserve a high five. Did you? Now now you're confusing me. I did. <laughs> so I actually did. did. All right. All right. Fantastic job there, Steve. Do, do I get a little? I'm not hearing it. Am I getting a little round of applause thing? You were. You were. I accidentally put the laughing. Okay, good. The crowd of the crowd uh, laughing. Maybe the IPF needs it because hers was obviously an issue. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't. It would be cool. I mean, it's nice, but like, I don't know if it's significantly needed. Like, there's not too many times lifts gets overturned. If anything, and this is this is not. I mean, the bigger issue at nationals, and this is nothing USAPL can do, is that they they don't have the jury except for prime time. Yeah, that's because uh, they that, don't have enough volunteers. Yeah, exactly. So I was thinking about them like, well, maybe instant replay could eliminate the amount of jury members you need. But I'm like, you have to have someone looking at the instant replay, which would be the jury. Like, you know, baseball and football has other people looking at the replay where if you don't have a jury or other people looking at the replay, it's pointless. It, it's it's completely moot. Um, I just worry for it because I hate instant replay now in sports. Hate it. In every single sport, I now hate it. I hate challenges in football. I hate challenges in baseball. I hate the video replay in NBA, NHL, soccer. I hate all of it. They they took the thing that was just supposed to look at it again, and now they're slowing it down to the absolute, uh, the slowest you can possibly go and look at every inch of grass and every blade of grass to see how close it is. And to me, it just ruins, it, it ruins the viewing experience. And to me, it ruins the sport. And I don't know if powerlifting will do that, but if, if it happened with the other sports, they incorporated challenges in the NFL around, I think the two thousands, I think the early two thousands, late nineties. It just, when I, it just started off as a replay. Did this, did this receiver's foot go out of bounds? Was this a fumble? Now they're taking five to ten minutes on things and slowing it down and zooming and slowing it down like, God, you don't need to do all that. If it's close, call it how it is. If it's obvious, overturn the call. And it happens with baseball. Baseball, if you guys are, if you guys are baseball fans, the sliding. When they pop off the base just a little bit and they slow it down, that's so fucking stupid to me. It ruins the sport, and it's because of the replay. They incorporated a replay, and people found loopholes. I'm sure if you watch a lifter's lift enough times, you could eventually just change your mind and call it a high squat or a low squat. I, I'm, I, I'm one of those guys that's like against replays and powerlifting because I think the jury does a good job. 
I'm going to disagree about replay in sports, oh, especially football. I, I like it in football for sure. I don't like how it is now. I like what it was. I don't like what it is now. But, where they're slowing everything but down. But yeah, I don't. I, I just think there's a lot of other things that need to be done before replay is like essential. And I don't think it's necessarily essential. I, I don't think referees get a ton wrong. I don't think they get a ton. I think, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to go with. Well, I, I, think, don't, I, I think generally we see pretty good calls. Well, when we see the egregious calls like at um, fucking, my mind's blank, the American Pro. American Pro? It, a yeah. jury would fix that potentially. We don't know. I actually think maybe on the Antezza side you need replay because like, hey, before you throw a fucking fit, here's the replay. Oh, they Look and test. I, I would love it, but tested could not handle. We already talked about it. Yeah, tested could not handle. Well, it's a like, jury. What, like maybe the only they, thing that's going to allow them to not get pissed off at a jury for overcalling one of their squats is like, look at it, look at it. We have evidence, but I think that they won't even listen to that. Considering, <laughs> apparently, you're you actually got some hate ones uh, for the uh, the your call out on Chad squat at the American Pro, and they're like, how is this? <laughs> This is egregious depth, and I'm like, or egregious depth is is low enough when somebody reposted it, and then I'm like, you don't know what the word egregious means because even the still frame that you picked, the person trying to prove that it was super low, I'm like, that looks actually high. <laughs> I'm like, it looks higher than. Yeah, emotion. I saw that one. And I was like, I'm like, what I'm are you not going to argue about? that one because you can't, you can't, you can't argue with people that are like on the spectrum <laughs> when they're posting squats. If you if you've got to post a squat and it, and you have to post a still frame of it, that's like one of the biggest tells that it might be high. If you've got to post a still the, frame the of still it, frame to try like, and find that last little centimeter that still, maybe says it's low enough. The still frame made me think it's high. I changed my my opinion. I'm like, oh boy, that's high. I'm like, that <laughs> yes. might be high squat. I'm like, I called the depth on the live stream. And then when I see when he sent the still frame, I'm like, oh no. I think I just can't, he just inadvertently changed my mind, but yeah, that was that was actually I'm like okay, good. Steve is getting some hate there, but um, I mean, with others, or no, I, I'm not completely against the replay just in their very essence. I like the replay just what it stands for. At times, referees miss calls. Um, in, in other sports, it just ruined like football used to have it good. Now it's like every call is getting challenged. Now they're throwing extra challenges into the game because you know. Uh, something with fucking backup referees when the NFL referees went on strike and they got these schmucks who couldn't, who didn't officiate a game in their lives. And like, Oh no, we need more challenges in the game or uh, official review on each touchdown. It's like, uh, get, get, get away from that stuff. Cause I think it slows, it slows down the game and makes it almost unviewable. Um, and I don't want powerlifting to become more of an unviewable sport, but I, I honestly don't think it's worth the investment. Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily needed. All right. Make the live streams good first. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah, you're going to be implementing technology. Yeah, all right. As well as I'll throw in one last thing. Like, you're probably not going to get an instant pre-play camera angle that shows depth. No, it's there, There's really some camera difficult. angles that you're not going to be able to get to judge things. No, no. Actually, I mean, that's the thing with, with Russ's squat is one of the best examples of it. Russ in person squats. He squats. He squats to depth on camera or on live stream. It never looks like he's squatting to depth. Then I see him in person. I'm like, okay, cool. I never seen. I never trained with Russ. I want to see his squat. I'm like, 
No, he gets good depth. He's figured it out. Like, it's no longer a thing, but then you still go on a live stream, and it looks like he's not getting depth. So if they're getting the same camera angle, the jury might be just going based off that camera angle that looks high and then completely fuck over Russ for a uh, two red light lift. So I, I, they would have to come up with a alternate camera angle that only the jury see. But, yeah, I uh, again, going to repeat, I... I don't think it's worth it in powerlifting. I that will do it for at least the fans part. Um, do you have a hot take you want to unleash really quick? Because I kind of have one. Are you saying I I should have one? No, do or you, no, do you have? You're one? asking if I have any more. You have it? No, I don't have any more. Okay, I have Go for one, one, and I and you, I'm you, scared. I'm scared that I'm going to reduce the amount of female listeners that we have on Two White Lights by even more. I've been seeing this trend come up again. I don't think men say lifting weights makes you look manly as much as they used to. And I think at this point, it's just a, a it's, it's, it's reeling you in for the like, it's a cheap, like, like lifting weights is going to make you manly. And then they show, them powerlifting and, you know, how much better the body looks. I'm like, I haven't heard some someone say that in a very, very, very long time. And I feel like no one has said that recently. Are you saying, so women saying that? Yeah. Women saying that other women say it? No, no, I'm okay. saying, I'm so, saying the whole, like, like the, the, I'm seeing just a ton of posts. Like, what we always said, with, with the SpongeBob font, lifting weights makes you look manly, so, like a comment. I, I don't see that as often. I'm going to come Completely disagree yet agree. Okay, I'm going to no, agree that that's, I haven't heard anyone say that in six years. Uh-huh. I haven't heard anyone say that in six years to my face or around me because of who I'm surrounded by. When I worked in commercial gyms for eight years, I heard that every single day. Okay. Every single day I have to deal with that. Maybe it's because I'm such a woman respecter that I will never say something like that. And I don't surround myself with anyone who's disrespectful to women. Or wait, wait, wait! You're saying men saying lifting makes women look manly, or well, women saying that it's going to make me look manly? I at the, I haven't heard either in a long okay. time. I am saying they, that wait, women saying lifting out? is going to make me look man. Are they calling out men or women for saying it now? Now I'm confused. Maybe this hot take is cold. I don't know. You confuse me, but it's it's a little bit of both. So I'm going to go with w- women saying that lifting weights will make them look manly is still very much a thing i don't hear okay. it anymore because i'm not around people that would say that but when i was in the commercial gym industry it was non-stop and a constant objection i had to overcome um men saying women look too manly is the thing but only by random internet trolls because they're the minority right men like fit women yeah i think that's the minority because uh-huh. the vast majority of men whether they work out or not like women who are in shape and tend to have muscles so okay. i think that that is perpetuated by a very small minority of trolls okay that's kind of my point here i guess maybe i misunderstood some of the females i mean i'm not a female so i guess i don't understand uh I understand some of the struggles that they go through as far as like their fitness journeys but i i when i saw a video i'm like I don't know if guys are saying, because it used to be a thing where it's like, oh, you know, women with muscles are gross. And I'm like, does any guy not like a fit 
woman. I'm like, I, I haven't seen this said in a really long time. And then, yeah, you get like a burner account who said that, but they're probably still in the DMs anyways. Like, they're real selves because, you know, creepy guys are going to creepy guy on the internet. Um, women saying it, okay, I could, I could now understand. I can understand the trend because I have heard females say that before. Okay. Yeah. All right. Women, women who have never worked out in their life still very much think that if they touch a weight, they're going to get too muscular. Um, and then my counter argument was like, I've been lifting for 12 years and it still doesn't look like I lift. So yeah, it's, it's difficult. I, be my guest. Try and work out super hard. Like if you can look as muscular as me, then you that would be it. I mean, yeah. All right. Well, I guess I got to pay more attention to the tr uh, like the uh, the trends and the what what maybe females mean by that. But I don't know. I just getting it without context. I guess I haven't. <laughs> it's funny saying it's going to sound sad. I guess I haven't talked to another female in such a long time, like an actual conversational setting that isn't my girlfriend. Like that I don't know well, what also, women say about weightlifting. You've never worked in the commercial gym industry. Honestly, if I write them all down, a good episode of me going through all my stories from the commercial gym industry. I have some ridiculous stories. So yeah. many people jerking off in spots that they shouldn't be jerking off. Like, oh, that's just, that's, I mean, a, that's a good story already. Everyone loves a good jerk off story. Do you want? I'll give. Do you want me to give one, and then we'll close it out. I'll give one jerk off story. I I actually want to see the viewer retention on this on this one. Like, cause I get to graph and usually people tune out the last 30 seconds of the episode. I want to see if anyone tunes out to this. Yeah. Give it to me. Okay. This so again, I literally could go on for so long. I have so many commercial gym stories. I mean, anyone who's worked in commercial gyms, I'm sure does too, but I'll, I'll give one. Um, I was told that there's this dude who takes showers and will open the curtain. And when you, when you open the curtain, you can see the mirrors where the, the sinks are. And when he sees someone washing their hands, he will open it and start jerking off looking at them. Ah. Um, and then as soon as they try and look back, he closes it real quick. And we've been told this multiple times. So this guy is in the gym. He's in the bathroom. And we know he's in there. We know what he's doing. But every single time I go in there to try and catch him, he knows who I am. So he doesn't open up the curtain because he's just kind of like peeking. So he won't do it. And so finally I come out and I'm actually training someone at the time. And I look at my client because I'm, I'm really close to them. So like he was, he was actually the cousin of our general manager. Who's all a part of this at the same time. We're like, Shaler, would you, would you go see if you can catch him? And so he goes in there and like <laughs> three, four minutes task. later, he comes out and his face looks like he just saw someone murdered. It's just stone. And I go, did you see anything? He went everything. And I was like, well, like what? He's like, everything. Oh my God. And so then I run into the bathroom and I yell for all guys to get out or not all guys to get out, but I'm letting them know our female general manager is coming in. I'm alerting them. And she goes in there and she gets him out of the shower, escorts him to her office, bans his membership, which she has a wife and kids uh, and has to kick him out. Um, that's just one of many stories. Oh God, that is, yeah, that that has some that that actually has nice like elements to it too because you don't know what the fetish is, quite. You don't know what is exactly there, but at the same time, the very fact that you like, hey, we gotta we gotta run a test here. We gotta test out this theory. Go in there, 
There's not enough money you could pay me in the world to try to catch someone jerking off in public. I don't think the guy we told thought it was actually going to happen. I think he was in absolute shock that I it would, very much just, happened just and the, the dude was just, just straight up jerking off at him. Yeah, just the possibility would scare the hell out of me. So, okay. Well, that was a good one. I, I'm going to admit that was a good story there. And actually, an excellent way to close out the show. I do not know what, as far as listeners. We should, we should make this a tradition. Angelo asked Steve a commercial gym story to end out each episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially if episodes like this and when content is low, uh, we can definitely turn to that. But that'll do it for this week's episode of Two White Lights. Um, we'll see you guys next week with a new episode. Peace.